0: Moving on, and I ask for your prayers in the book of Colossians to finish the first chapter. When I pray concerning worship, I always pray the Lord bless the service, glorify Christ, and edify His people. I always pray, and every prayer I pray, Lord, give me the fullness of this text according to Thy will to preach. We've been in this chapter four weeks. This is the fourth. And I pray God blesses that. Now, I want to refresh your memory partially to what we've spoken of to this point. First of all, Colossians, Gentile city, overtaken with false doctrine, and Paul has come to them declaring his authority in Christ as an apostle to preach the gospel. And then he tells them what a precious gift the ministry is and the church and the kingdom of God which are all in Christ and of Christ and for Christ who is the creator of heaven and earth and all things, the spoken word that God spoke in creation. He talks about being placed in, translated, God took you and put you in His kingdom. We had nothing to do with it. We had no choice of it. No desire for it by our nature. Yet God quickened us, gave us life, placed us in His kingdom, and then enabled us to hear the Gospel. The good news to Gentiles who were Without God in the world, and it was manifested to them the mystery which had been kept secret to the foundation of the world that God had a people among the Gentiles chosen in Christ from before the foundation of the world. There's no way to come to God but through Christ. There's no way to come to Christ Unless the Father calls you, who does He call? Those He gave to the Son before the world was. There's not a chance for anything else. There's not a chance for anyone else. There will not be one added. There will not be one lost. Paul is teaching these things to Gentiles who had been without God in the world. He tells us in verse 16, 17, and 18, that Christ had defeated all things, whether they be thrones or principalities, powers of darkness and high places. And he's the head of the church, which is the body of Christ. He's the first born from the dead. He was the first one to lay his life down. And catch this part because others were raised up before him by the power of God. But he was the first to raise himself up by his own power. He's the first begotten from the dead. I have power to lay it down. Speaking of his life, I have power to raise it up again. He raised himself up by the Spirit of God that in all things Christ might have the preeminence. Everything is for him. Everything is by him. Everything is about him. He has the preeminence. He's the head of all things. He's Head of the church. Lord, gather my thoughts. Because they're going everywhere. I made mention, I'm going to do it again because this is important. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was void. Darkness is upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And evening and morning were the first day. That is the creation of everything physical in this world. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. That is speaking of a spiritual creation where the same Word of God which created the heaven and the earth, creates His people anew. You are new creatures in Christ. You're taken from the nature of sin and death and Adam and brought into the nature of Jesus Christ. While we were dead, He quickened us. While we were in sin, He cleansed us and gave us life through His death, burial, resurrection. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in Him. In Him we see it manifested by Him raising the dead, healing the sick, giving life, the power of the Father. We see the Spirit of God manifested by such things as Him calming the sea. And we see the Son of God, the Christ, manifested the second person of the Godhead in His death, burial, resurrection. Now that's not the entirety of everything we can say about Him, but it's enough to make the point. He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's God manifest to us. He made peace through the blood of His cross by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. He reconciled us to Himself. That teaches me that our eternal destiny is set. That our eternal life is bought and paid for. It's sure. He is our surety. It is finished in that work. Nothing can take a child of God from the promise of eternal life. This text is dealing, the entire book, is dealing with the church. This entire book is dealing with the kingdom of God and the preaching of the gospel. Many people, every time they read of saving in Scripture, they think of eternal life in heaven and immortal glory. Therefore, when they read a text that we could lose our home or be cast out of the kingdom, they take it and misrepresent it as being we could lose our home in glory. That cannot happen. Paul said to Timothy, if we deny him, He also will deny us. That's here in the world. If we walk in such a way denying the Christ of God, then He will deny us as being His children while we walk here in this world. But then, He says, yet if we believe not. Catch that? What's the whole world tell you? You've got to believe. I want to tell you, brethren, you're not going to believe it unless the Lord reveals it to you, okay? That's why it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That means whether we believe or not in this world, whether we follow Christ, Whatever we do in this world, it has absolutely no standing on the finished work of God in Jesus Christ. He could not deny His death, burial, and resurrection. And every single elect child of God, Jew or Greek, Jew or Gentile, whom He chose, whom He died for, will stand in heaven in immortal glory. This text, remember, is about the preaching of the gospel. Paul, an apostle, came preaching the gospel, by the way, confirming what they had been taught by their pastor, who was imprisoned with Paul. Having made plea peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things to himself. You are reconciled unto God by the work of Christ. God did that, period. We are to reconcile ourselves to God's will. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, been there, done that, yet now hath He reconciled. He's washed you clean. He's reconciled you to Himself. In the body of His flesh, Christ, through death, He died the death we were worthy of, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. I made mention of this somewhere through this chapter of Satan in Revelation 12 where it says the accuser of our brethren is cast down. As long as we live in this body of sin, we're sinners. Our soul is quickened. We have a hope of Christ within us. We look to stand in heaven in a moral glory with the Lord. We walk into the world, fighting our nature, fighting what's around us daily. We fall. We sin. God picks us up. Satan had accused. They are sin. They are sin. But he can accuse you no more because Christ has reconciled you to God hath cleansed you from your sins in His blood. When God sees you, He sees the blood of Christ. I heard Luke Laird say it this way. Christ is set on the right hand of the Father. Christ will set the sheep on His right hand. When God looks at the sheep, He sees Christ. Christ. That's how we're reconciled. That's how we're cleaned. Through His body. And then we come to the text where we closed last week. Some people misrepresent this. If God will help me, I'll explain it to you. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath He reconciled. And the body of His flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable, and unreprovable in His sight. If you, That's a colon that stands alone. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, this is not saying that although the King of glory, this is not saying this, okay? This is not what it means, but you hear this quite often. Although the King of glory died for you, although He laid His life down on the cross, although He sprinkled you with His blood, if you do not continue in the faith and do these things, then you can fall away. A child of God can fall away in this world, suffering great misery, but you cannot finally fall away from Christ in heaven. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the gospel. This is what we preach. This is what we teach. This is what was delivered to us through Christ, in His ministry, by the Spirit of God, to give His children knowledge, a deeper knowledge, not just knowledge, but coming into the kingdom and under the sound of the Gospel, whereby God gives you a deeper knowledge of the work of the Lamb of God. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, let me give you A quick synopsis of this. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the Gospel. Okay? He just told us that while we were at enmity with God, by wicked works, He's reconciled us. So let's put that together with this verse. Let's rightly divide the word of truth. A child of God cannot be lost his life, eternal, cannot be taken away. Rightly divide the word of truth. God does not say something. The Spirit does not say something and then contradict it in another place. Rightly divide the word of truth. This cannot be talking about losing eternal life. It is impossible. This is talking about if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. The only people who have the ability to continue in the faith, since faith is the fruit of the Spirit, are those that are born of God. If you're born of God, then you are the elect of God because that is the only way that they are the only people who have Spiritual life. The natural man receiveth not the things of God, nor can he, for he's spiritually discerned. Only a born again child of God can hear or understand the gospel. Only a born again child of God has faith. He says, if you continue in the faith, you see, it's evidence. It's evidence that God loves you. It's evidence that God has quickened you. It's evidence that God has called you by His gospel to the obtaining of the glory of Christ Jesus our Lord. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. The hope of the gospel. I have, my life is so blessed of God, I don't deserve any of it. If it was left up to me, I would ruin it all. God blesses me so very richly and I thank Him for it. And I say that to make this point. When we read of trials and tribulations of Christ and of His apostles and disciples, especially in these early ages of the church and how a child of God is going to suffer persecution, I sometimes stop and wonder for a brief second if I am the Lord because I do not have to suffer like that. And then I immediately thank God for blessing me so much. We're so blessed in this nation because the church is here. We're so blessed in the church Because God has placed us here. He's translated us here. Just as in the land of Egypt, surrounded by their enemy and the bondage of a strange land, they had Goshen. They had a place of light. We have a place of light. All the things of the world do not affect us to a large degree. You see all the plagues God put upon Egypt? The children of Israel were kept And the providence of God, they were kept; their firstborn did not die, because of the blood that was upon the door lintels, the door jams, the typifying the blood of Christ. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Because when we live in this world, surrounded by all the things of evil and darkness in this world, the faith that God gives us justifies in our mind and in our heart that we are the sons of God. You are justified by works to those that see you because your works manifest that God is in you. You're justified in your heart and your soul and your mind, yourself by faith in the knowledge that God does love you, that Christ died for you, who Christ is, the Creator of heaven and earth, how He cannot fail, how He's defeated God, Death, sin, and Satan. Faith, a knowledge for what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? We don't see it with our eyes, we see it with faith. It's evidence, and we're justified in our heart, soul, and mind. It's a gift from God given in the Spirit. You're justified in the eyes of God by the blood of the Lamb. We had not faith without the blood of the Lamb. We had not works without the blood of the Lamb. This is the Gospel, quite contrary to the majority you hear today, this is the Gospel of Scripture. This is the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We were not sick in sin. We were dead in sin. Christ gave us life and suffered that we might be with Him in glory and that He would have a knowledge of Him in this world. We're reconciled to God. We're without blame. Holy and beloved to God in heaven above. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. the hope of the gospel, the hope, the knowledge of the manifestation of the sons of God. When the body is reunited with the Spirit, and soul, soul just means living life. Man became a living soul. When the body is reunited with the spirit and soul which has been with Christ since our death and those which are alive and remain are changed, the hope of the gospel, the manifestation of the sons of God, the manifestation of everyone the Father gave the son, Jew and Greek, Jew and Gentile. This is a Gentile city of Gentile people that Paul is now teaching them. If you love the Lord, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, ye have eternal life. It's evidence that you've got eternal life because God has placed this knowledge in you. He's written His law upon your hearts and He is teaching this to us by the preaching of the Gospel. It's foolishness to the world. It was a stumbling block to the Jews. But to you, child of God, it is the power and wisdom of God in Christ. It is the earnest expectation to be raised up from the grave Reunited with spirit and soul, and stand with Christ for evermore. And I'm going to say this before I move on, Lord willing. If I had to live an eternal life like what I have here in this world, although God blesses me richly, being able to see what is beyond, being able to know the riches of Christ which are in heaven in immortal glory, if I had to live in this knowing that was in heaven and could not get to heaven to see my Savior, I just as soon die. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the Gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. I believe Gil and Calvin look at this in a light also in which this is to be what we should strive to do. And I will accept that 100%. When we have the knowledge that Paul has told us of Christ the Creator, of our salvation in Him, of His grace... We don't have anything without grace, unmerited love and favor. If it's unmerited, that tells me we did not deserve it. There's nothing we did to get it. It's all in the work of God and Christ. It's not open to Adam. It's not open to the world of Adam. It's open to the children of God in the world of Christ, the spiritual world that the Father gave the sons, you and Greek alike. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the Gospel, the Gospel which teaches us of Christ, Ephesians 3, the deep things of God, the knowledge of God. The Jews never had it to the extent that we do. Even angels, Peter says in 1 Peter, desired to look into these things. They didn't have this knowledge. That the Gentiles were fellow heirs. That's not saying we're fellow heirs in heaven. A child of God is guaranteed for eternity to stand with Christ in heaven. That covenant was made by the three in one. It cannot be broken. It, God cannot lie. Therefore, every child of God has always been guaranteed eternal life with a Jew, Greek, male, female, in the realm of eternity with no beginning or no end. So this text cannot be talking about eternity. It's talking about the life we have in the kingdom of God and the gospel that we have and the great joy and importance of coming to the church of God and listening to the true gospel. Not the, not the watered down gospels, not the gospels of the world, every wind of doctrine, but the true gospel... Of Jesus Christ. I believe it's in Romans 6. Paul said he thanked God that you have obeyed from the heart. The heart. That doctrine which was delivered unto you. Christ gives you the knowledge of this doctrine. Once again, the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, this is the church that God sustains. If you continue in the faith. Jude said we ought to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Contend for the faith. So many lies. So many winds of doctrine. So many heresies weakening Christ, denying His glory, taking away from His power in order to comfort the natural man that maybe He saved Himself. He didn't need God. He did it Himself. Let me tell you, we are depraved by our nature. There is not one that sinneth not. To think a lie is sin against God and that alone would condemn us to the lake of fire. But Christ has saved us. From our sins. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, going forth in the doctrine and practice of the church that Christ established here in this world, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. The hope of the gospel. I'm an American, I came up in a time of patriotism. I came up at a time when men would fight for their nation at the drop of a hat if somebody attacked us. I love this country. I would fight anybody who tried to hurt our nation or change it or take it away from my grandchildren's children. And that's the name of that tune. But let me tell you something. My hope is not in the nation. My hope is in our home in heaven above. Be not... Moved away from the hope of gospel, which ye have heard, the hope of the gospel, life with Christ in heaven. That's what we are taught by this doctrine. We'll all be in heaven above with Christ and see Him as He is, and all the sufferings in the world will not compare with seeing Christ as He is. Nothing that happens in this world will compare to the glory of Christ. Nothing will seem that it even mattered when we stand and see the eternal glory of the eternal Son of God who died to save us from our sins. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard. How did you hear it? In preaching. In preaching. Christ's ministry. Those He called. Beginning with the apostles and disciples. The ministry today. That's one of our articles of faith. No man can have this office, can occupy this office, unless he's called of God as was Aaron. Christ sends His ministry. Not preaching the law. For all we get from the law is death. We're sinners. But preaching the grace of God in Jesus Christ, that He saved His people from their sins, period. That He established His church here in the world, that we may have a place of refuge, that we may have a place to sit under the gospel and learn of the Son of God, who created all things, who created us and you, and who loved us and died for us, and will deliver us into heaven and immortal glory one day, not too far off. Entirety of time will not compare with the eternity of the Godhead. The Gospel which you have heard. They heard the Gospel from Ephratus, their pastor. They heard the Gospel from others. Now they're hearing it from Paul. The Gospel which you have heard. Again, God gives revelation You may hear it with your ear as far as hearing it, but you will not hear it in your heart unless God has prepared the heart. I remember Oak Grove, I was probably 35, 36 years old, Daddy and I went down there to a Saturday meeting and I remember what I spoke upon because there was a man that I used to see from time to time in Birmingham. He would tell me, because we talk about Bible, he said, I've studied every book of religion in the world. I've studied the Koran. I've studied all these things. I am trying to find truth. I don't know if he ever found it or not. don't know his motives for finding it or wanting to find it. Was, a, was it a sincere, earnest desire from the Spirit of God? If so, then he would find it eventually if it had to be the day of his death. Or was it to satisfy some mortal desire in his body? I do not know. But I do know this. Unless the Lord reveals it to him, he would not have it he would not find it the same with all. Some people say God saves one man this way and one another. A child that dies in the womb is saved because he's innocent. When we come together, two seeds, we are sin, shapen in iniquity. Shapen. Our very existence is sin. Well, the retarded folks and they're mentally ill are saved another way. No, they're not. They're saved exactly the same way as you are, and I hope I am, and that is in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is more secure because the election of grace contains many more people than all man could do would ever gather together. Which you have heard, the preaching of the Gospel. Not just any Gospel. Not just any doctrine. Paul said, I know these things by revelation from God. Let any man that bring, or angel brings you any other Gospel than that which you have received of him through Christ, let him be accursed. You catch that? Let him be accursed. There's one Gospel. God loves you because God chose you. God saved you because God loves you. You will stand in heaven and immortal glory when all the sufferings of this world are over with Christ above never to suffer again. Period. The hope of the Gospel which you have heard and which was preached... To every creature under heaven. Matthew 24. Speaking of the destruction of Jerusalem. I don't care what somebody else said. I'm telling you what the Bible says. 24-29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days. I gave you this before. I'm going to give it to you again. It's plain and simple. The destruction of Jerusalem. Those days. Shall the sun be darkened? Glory of God taken away from the law service. The moon shall not give her light. The church would have no light. And the stars of the biblical priesthood shall fall from heaven. And the powers of the heavens, the priesthood under the law, shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven in your heart by faith as you see Christ high and lifted up. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And that's... Gentiles, you catch that? Gentiles, not just Israel, not just Judea, Gentiles. All the tribes of the earth shall mourn. Why do they mourn? Because they see Christ high and lifted up. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn as one mourns for his only Son. We mourn at the knowledge that Christ loves us and died for us. And they shall see the Son of Man come in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory by faith in your heart. Now, here's what I'm wanting to get to. Immediately, immediately in that same time period, and He shall send His angels, His ministry, the ministry of Christ, with the great sound of a trumpet, the gospel. What's Paul doing over here? He's bringing the gospel to Gentiles by the decree of Almighty God. He shall send His angels with the great sound of a trumpet, the gospel, and they shall gather together His elect from the four winds all over the earth, from one end of heaven to the other. That does not mean that His ministry is going out preaching to dead alien sinners that they may be gathered together. That is not what that means. Rightly divide the word of truth. The natural man receiveth not the things of God. He's sending His ministry to all different nations and peoples, Gentiles, to gather His elect unto the obtaining of the glory of Jesus Christ, to manifest the power of God in them. You want proof when it was? Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise, when you see all these things, what things? The destruction of Jerusalem, the abomination of desolation, Know that summer is nice, so likewise, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors, the calling of the Gentiles. Verily, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. The speaking of the preaching of the gospel. The gospel which ye have heard. And which was preached to every creature means all manner of men among Gentiles which is under heaven. And it just hit my mind. (laughs) People in heaven do not need the preaching of the Gospel because they see Christ. Here where we see by faith the Gospel is given to us Whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. You notice, he didn't say the church called me to preach because the church does not have the authority to call anyone to preach. That comes from the Spirit of God to those Christ chooses to give it to. Paul didn't say, I went to the seminary, although if anybody ever did have a seminary, I don't think it could have been any greater than the knowledge that Paul had of the law being a Pharisee. All that was for naught, he said. Naught. That was nothing because he learned from God in Christ. He was taught the doctrine of the gospel by God in Christ. He was made a minister. Now, this does not necessarily just mean a minister as an apostle preaching and establishing churches, although he was. This means a servant. Deacons are chosen by their brethren who judge them worthy. They are servants to the church in order to loose the hands of the ministry to study the Gospel and preach the Gospel. They're not as deacons. Paul said, I'm a minister to you. Let's think about that in just a moment. A minister to suffer for the church. To serve the church in sufferings. Giving us examples in faith of the church of God. He said, Where have I, Paul, had made a minister who now rejoice in my sufferings. That's the text for you. And fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ because Christ suffered. He was made perfect as a man by His sufferings. He lowered Himself to the death of the cross among the many other ways He was persecuted and hated and esteemed, smitten and stricken of God. That's behind. That work is finished. Christ will suffer no more. Where have I made a minister? Or no, let me go back up. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, the church. And, and and I'm going to tell you something too. And we proved this going through Acts, if you remember. The sufferings they bore were for us today. We do not suffer anything like the apostles of that day did. We're not crucified upside down. We're not beheaded. We're not boiled in oil. All these men were. And that great wrath of Satan poured upon them. And they were delivered of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say this in a short way. Through their sufferings and their pains and their sorrows, it was made manifest to us that even though these great men who were apostles were persecuted and killed and slain, even though they were, the church of God would remain. We have that knowledge. We have examples that even though Paul, some say was beheaded, that's what I lean to, some believe he was boiled and all, Peter crucified upside down, James thrown from the upper tier of the temple, even though they were hated. Think about this world. Think about what's going on overseas. Even though they were hated and killed, the church of God is in this world and will be until the day the Lord Jesus Christ returns to claim His people and take them home. Period. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind Christ suffers no more of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake for unto you it is given the behalf of Christ not only to believe but also to suffer for his name's sake you catch that to suffer. I can remember being told by a young man that went to a church in Leeds was going door to door, and I have no problem going door to door if you're preaching the truth. If I just come to church and accept the Lord, all my troubles would be over. Beg to differ. That's not what the Bible says. That is when Satan digs in your back like a fat Alabama tick to persecute you. Paul says, the afflictions of Christ in my flesh For His body's sake, His body suffers no more. It's raised up in glory. The man, Jesus Christ, sits there. The body is the church, the body of Christ. For His body's sake, which is the church. Whereof I am made a minister, God made Him one. Christ made Him one. Christ is God. According to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. I think it's in Hosea, the first chapter, uh, but don't quote me. Go look sometime. That where it was said unto you, I know it's in Romans 9, quoting that scripture, ye are not my people, in Osi, the Lord would say that we are. His people. It was prophesied that the Gentiles would be heirs in the world of the kingdom of God whereby we are here to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not speaking of eternity. That's speaking of the kingdom of God here in the world. The calling of the Gentiles. And God made him a minister to fulfill according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. Even the mystery goes back to Ephesians 3, which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. The calling of the Gentiles. The knowledge that those who were without God in the world, that God had a people among them, Gentiles, chosen from before the foundation of the world, who would come into the kingdom of God. In this world, the children of the kingdom would be cast out to outer darkness. That's Jews because Israel was already gone. And they'd come from the north, south, east, and west and sit down in the kingdom of God, the church, with Abraham. Even the mystery, which had been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints. I cannot imagine with what I have been blessed to see and understand of Christ. I cannot imagine not knowing this. How miserable we should be without this knowledge. The sad part is, if we didn't have this knowledge, we'd still be in our nature and wouldn't think about it. But to lose this knowledge, that's another reason I think he says, if you continue keeping the same doctrine, That we don't lose this. That we don't lose this knowledge. Steve and I were talking back in the summer working on the church. So Steve, this is the time, I believe, to strengthen that which remaineth. It's a time for every purpose in the sun. This under the sun. This is a time to circle the wagons. This is the time to preach Christ to the children of God. Certainly we want numbers. Certainly we want the church to be sustained of God and grow and profit and carry forth. But what is here we are to take care of. We are to love it. We are to keep the same true doctrine of Jesus Christ. No preacher, no Sunday school, no choir, no church. It's all about Christ. It's made manifest to His saints to whom God would make known the riches of of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Oh, we could talk forever on the the glory of the riches of Christ. I don't have time today. But just, just dwell on what we know. Creator of heaven and earth, the giver and the only giver of life, laid the glory that God had aside, came into this world, taking upon Himself the likeness of sinful flesh, yet without sin, not only dying for us, not only raising up, not only reconciling us, not only making us holy and without blame before God the Father in love, look at some of the other aspects also. Bearing every temptation that we bear, that He might succor His children when they're tempted. Giving us a knowledge, a hope, the gospel giving us the kingdom, giving us sustaining the institution of marriage and family, every good gift and every perfect gift. The riches of Christ, which is Christ in you, Christ in you. God within your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost for the living Word of God is within you. Christ, the hope of glory. Everything we have that is of God and that is good, if you want to look at it in a natural sort of way, everything good comes from God. Everything perfect, the church, comes from God. And every bit of it is in Christ. Job talks about how he feeds the animals. He causes the thunder to roar where there's not an ear to hear it, the water to ground to feed the animals. All the things that God does is in Christ. And He is in you and He's the help of glory. Going back to the purpose of this book, Preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. Whom we preach. Who is we? Paul, Ephrastus, the ministry, the apostles, all called of God, warning every man. Whoa, why is he warning us? Why is he warning us? Now, I draw, I draw differences with some people here. Gil believed in gospel regeneration. From what I read, there are others that do too who believe you've got to hear the Gospel to have life. Well, then what of all the millions of people that died before Christ came? What of all the millions of people where the Gospel has not been preached until maybe recently? China, Africa, South America. What of all those people that God has a people from every people? The Gospel didn't save them. Christ did in grace. So when he says, warning every man, I personally believe he's talking to Gentiles about the true gospel, the perils of Antichrist, of what was in that day. John said, Antichrist, are there now? There are many Antichrists. That was in John's day, a little later than Paul. By a few years. But my point is the opposition they faced is Satan desires to destroy whom he can to make war the remnant of her seed to keep the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ back to Revelation 12 because he's angry. For he knows that he hath but a little time. And He tries to deceive you being Gentiles in the flesh. Warning every man, don't, don't take heed to these false doctrines. And teaching every man in all wisdom, that's not the knowledge of the world, that's the knowledge of Christ, that we may present every man perfect in Christ. You know, I'm getting to where I can see better without those glasses. Ephesians 4, uh, he talks about one Lord, one faith, one baptism. God, uh, Christ, uh, baptism of the Spirit, born of God. talks about Him that came down in the world and Him that went back to heaven, Christ. Verse 11 of Ephesians 4, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers... Today we have pastors and teachers. All of that's behind in the sense of evangelism being open to the Gentiles. It's been opened. It's been preached to every creature. We've already talked about we should still be praying for the spirit of evangelism. Don't misunderstand me. What's the purpose of it? For the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. The ministry is first to glorify the living Son of God that the church be edified. That it be built up in Christ. And if you finish reading that text, the whole body growing up in love. The love of Christ. The love of each other. And if I'm not mistaken, love is where we began this text in chapter 1. Whereunto, Paul says, verse 29, I also labor in the ministry, studying, praying. I'm going to tell you something, brethren. You don't have to pray for God, okay? You pray to God. Christ taught us how to pray. Acknowledge God. Acknowledge God, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He's in heaven, separate, above, far above anything created. Thy kingdom come. What do we pray for? Thy kingdom come. That's all the world is about. That's why this republic is still here because the church has been here. Praying for the kingdom of God. That's first and foremost. Wherefore I also labor, striving according to His working. God did this, which worketh in me mightily. Lord, well, the next week we will take this up further. The next chapter.